0: Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, February twelfth, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. We're talking college basketball on today's show: Mizzou with Suichi Tarada and Kansas with Gary Bedour and Jesse Newell. The regular season is winding down, both teams are NCAA tournament bound, but both are looking for a bit more consistency as March Madness approaches. We talk about what's going right for both programs and what can be fixed over the final couple of weeks of the regular season. We'll get started talking to Suichi about the Missouri Tigers. Okay, Suichi. Um, if we had recorded this earlier in the week, we'd have been giddy over the Tigers' performances <laughs> against Kentucky and Alabama. But because we're recording this on Thursday, uh, the night, the day after Missouri's loss at Ole Miss that look, it's it's still a great season and Missouri's still gonna be ranked when the polls come out and there's still plenty of victory opportunities on the on the schedule for the Tigers, but what a what a disappointing loss uh they had it uh, at oxford and what is it about the state of mississippi that just confounds the tigers
1: yeah i don't i don't know Blair. i'm really hoping crossing my fingers for everyone involved that they don't have a COVID 19 outbreak because that's essentially what happened the last couple times including the yeah. football team the football team obviously music city bowl was canceled because of a COVID 19 outbreak stemming from the mississippi state trip and then Right after the Mizzou basketball team comes back from uh, Starkville, they have a ten-day COVID pause. So, well, uh, we'll we'll cross our fingers there. But yeah, it's just disappointing game, kind of surprising too. I think Conzo uh, wasn't, you know, Konzo doesn't necessarily put pull, pull out shots or anything out of the media, but he he was pretty, he 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 had all of that last time when we talked to him. And and the question I asked actually, uh, you know, I was asked about rebounding just because. You know, rebounding is the rebounding margin is a big thing for Kanso Martin, but also this is kind of partly you know because you don't have as many rebounding opportunities, obviously, when the other team is making all their shots, like Mississippi Mississippi did last night. Uh, and so I asked about him, and, and Kanzo pretty much said, you know, and I'll just read this verbatim from my uh, analysis from last night. He said, uh, "Some guys just didn't give it tonight. Some guys didn't show up, and you don't really hear that from Kanso Martin. I think that's kind of a." kind of a surprising note, I think, for Mizzou fans just because no matter how bad Mizzou had looked this season or even last season or or even the years before, they would have some semblance of energy. And I think just that second half and just the way Mizzou played was was weird just because and kind of shocking that there was so little energy, there was so little, I guess, motivation, you could say, out on the court. And I think that, that that was a source of frustration for Konzo last night. But like you said, Blair, it's only one game. I think people were a little bit looking a little too far ahead in terms of SEC winning the SEC talk. Maybe Mizzou sneaking into a two seed. I think at this point, you know, they're probably a four seed. And if they keep this, if they play like that one once or twice more, they they can even go to a five seed. But overall, though, I think you don't overreact to one game, just like the Tennessee game, right? Mizzou has bounced back plenty of times already this season. So I think you just kind of reset a little bit. Um, and see what Mizzou's effort level is like. Uh, luckily, it's a rally for Ryan game on, on Saturday against Arkansas, so hopefully that'll just be a little extra juice for Mizzou come uh, Saturday.
0: And like the Tennessee game, um, the, the loss earlier in the season, Missouri had a chance to avenge that and did. Uh, they'll have the same opportunity against Ole Miss, I believe. I don't have the schedule mm-hmm. in front of me, but I do believe um, Mississippi comes to Columbia toward the end of the season. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so who who do you think uh, who do you think Conzo was talking about? I've got the box score in front of me, and I watched the game, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I I've got you know I've, I had my own thoughts. Like as the second half was unfolding, I'm I'm just going, what is going on here? You know where where mm-hmm. is the you know where's the where's the energy on the defensive end? Where's the shot challenging? And um, uh, but who who do you think he was talking about?
1: Yeah, you know I don't want to just throw kids under the bus. At the end of the day, you know we are talking about college kids and um i get it you can have bad days but you know i i just you you look at the box score blair i have it pulled up too and and first of all you're impressed by drew smith and his three-point shooting uh you're impressed by what he did last night uh you know what i think he's i've said this over and over i don't think he's the best tiger and that he has the best ceiling but he's the most consistent tiger um and, and that's not even close i think just because i believe that was a ninth straight game of double just scoring for Drew and And this three-point shooting, five of nine, is obviously splendid. But, um, you know, to answer your question, I really do think it comes down to Xavier Pinson and Jeremiah Tillman. I mean, Tillman only had four field goal attempts. And I remember early in the game, uh, it was, I want to say, like midway through the first half. I was like, huh, Jeremiah hasn't been getting that many touches. What's up with that? They should feed him more just because they shot so many jumpers and three-pointers or so. And I was like, I don't know what's up with that. Um, And that was midway through the first half. And I looked at the box score and I was like, two for four, you know, that's not great. You want to get Tillman a little bit more involved, but, you know, maybe he gets it going. You flip to that second half box score, he didn't attempt a field goal. He went 0 for two from free throws. Like, and he only had one rebound. Like, that can't happen from a senior big man. And I think Jeremiah Tillman will agree with you um, at the end of the day. And I'm pretty sure, I'm sure he's heard it from the coaching staff. And, And, you know, we've seen that motivational style tactic work. Actually, I remember, Conzo kept going back to that Bradley game for Jeremiah and halftime, and Jeremiah just wasn't playing well. And obviously, he had that great second half, including the game-winning and one basket. And it's just you look at the box you look at the effort, and I just I, and you you see he only played nine minutes in the second half, and you just kind of feel a little bit disappointed. Um, obviously, one bad game, like I said, doesn't make up for a first season. And Xavier Pinson just Conzo said it himself; he just wasn't attacking the basket as much. You know, you'll have a night like you know. The thing about Pinson is that you'll have games like the TCU game where he's on fire, but you you also have these games against Ole Miss where he goes over five from three, three for eleven from the field, only six points, and he he seems quiet. But at the same time, you know, it, it at least feels like you notice his presence on the court. I want to say like you notice the bad with the good. But yesterday it just felt like there just wasn't that much energy, and, and the the broadcast, you know, going to Pinson on the side. Uh, on the bench looking just super frustrated. Like you just don't see that out of Pinson as much. I think and those I mean when you when you're when your top scorers are Drew Smith, Xavier Pinson and Jeremiah Tillman and only one of those guys shows up that, that's a hard way to win and even Javon Pickett had ten points, but he didn't do much after I believe his tenth point. Um, he was kinda stuck on that mark for the rest of the game. So it was just a lot of I think disappointment. Um, not to say everyone didn't play hard. Um, but at the end of the day I just I just it, it was just so jarring to see how you know like how just quiet Mizzou looked just because no matter even if the shots were falling Mizzou had always 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 at least played hard on defense or played hard elsewhere on the court and, and none of that was there on set on Wednesday
0: yeah and look I, I like when a coach gets mad after a game and does it publicly I, I do because that means a couple mm-hmm. things it, it can mean a couple things and I think in this instance it means he has great expectations for this team, and mm-hmm. you know, and it was an unacceptable performance, and he's getting a message through to his team, um, through the media. So I, I, you know, I think it's a great thing, and you, you can't have an opponent, any opponent, shoot close to sixty percent, which is what I think fifty-seven percent is what Ole Miss mm-hmm. shot last night, and um, and and uh, and they were just on fire, and and that that second half. You, there was nobody; nobody was could step up and, and stop the, the, the onslaught that was happening. And mm-hmm. um, so, anyway, I, I, I kind of like um, I, I kind of like what he did, and and and, uh, and I think that'll serve Missouri well down the stretch. Okay, Sweetie, I got I got a question for you. I want you to I got two questions; they're variations of the same. I want you to answer them um, uh, kind of briefly here. So, the first question is: When Missouri plays well? This happens. Well, it's not a question, really. It's more of a <laughs> fill in the blank. But when Missouri uh-huh. is playing well, this is what happens. So, what happens uh-huh. when Missouri is playing well?
1: Um, is this like an offense defense thing? Can I get a hint?
0: No, I, I, I want your, <laughs> I, I need your, I need your expertise on this. Oh. When when they when they've been at their best this year, you know, beyond the obvious reasons, you know, Tillman's development. Um, I think Pinson has done a great job, sort of assuming the con- controls of this team being the, mm. uh, being the pilot. But I, I, I don't know what, when, when I see Missouri playing really well, I think they're getting contributions from a lot of people. And, mm. and, and when I, I didn't see a lot of that last night, so what you, you, you've seen them as much as anybody and been in, um, you know, covered all of their games. What What, and what am I missing with Missouri when, um, when they're at the top of their game, when they get a twenty-point lead on Alabama with six, seven minutes to play, what what have mm-hmm. they done?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, Blair, I thought this was like a, I thought you had like a like a very um like a super specific staff for me, so that's why I asked. I <laughs> um, thought it was like a guessing game, but yeah, that's a good point. Uh, my initial reaction actually on that same day was I actually thought you were going to point to the fast break points because Mizzou had none last time, and I think that's a little unacceptable, uh, especially after 20 fast break points against Bama, but yeah, Blair, that's that's a great point you make, and, and that's the thing that I've been kind of fascinated by this team, in the sense that you can have Xavier Pinson and Jeremiah Tillman score 12 combined points, six apiece, and, and you can still weather that storm just because you have so many guys. You know, Usually in that instance, you'll have Drew and maybe a Mark Smith going off, and then you have a Javon Pickett adding his own 10 like he did and then you have a Kobe Brown doing his thing and I think Kobe played okay last night not his greatest game and I think he'd admit that and that's the thing you, you didn't get that too much last night and I think that's kind of that was essentially the downfall too and and you know the fast break points I think goes back to the defense and I wrote about this just because all of Mizzou's miscues it felt like last night started on the defensive end of the court and and just because when Ole Miss, I've, and Blair, I remember tweeting this out yesterday just because I was so shocked. Because everyone, Ole Miss came, in, came into the game, the worst three-point shooting team of any power conference team. And that includes, you know, the power six in college basketball's case. And people were like, oh, it's so typical of Ole Miss to hit their threes against Mizzou. Our luck. You know, I saw a lot of that from Mizzou fans. You know, at one point when I tweeted it out, Ole Miss was like 12 for 14 from twos. It was like eight for nine on twos or whatever at at some point in the game. And that percentage is maybe a bit misleading, honestly, just because Ole Miss kind of missed a a few shots down the stretch when the game was already decided. So it really came down to, I think, just the defense. And that affected the fast break points too, just because when you're constantly having to inbound the ball because Ole Miss keeps getting points, you can't push the pace. I mean, you can kind of have a half fast break at times, but it's just not the same as when you get a long rebound or Xavier Pinson gets a long rebound from a three and then gets can go flying down the court and and, and all of those things. So I think it, it it started on the defensive end of the court like I wrote. And it just it it just kinda of permeated through the rest of the squad and, and I really think that lack of energy stemmed from there, which is I think I, I, I think that's the frustrating thing for Mizzou fans. You have such an old team and you, you hope that they would be a little bit more consistent, but obviously we haven't seen that this season and uh you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things where you're a little worried going into March and in the NCAA tournament just because, you know, one bad day from an Xavier Pinson or a Jeremiah Tillman and you're sitting at home. Uh, so that's just maybe something to kind of keep in mind uh, for the stretch run of the uh, SEC schedule.
0: No doubt. Tillman gets a second foul before the first TV timeout and you're thinking, oh, here we go. You know, it's... Uh uh, so the second part of this was when Missouri's playing poorly, what what, what happens? And I think you I think you've covered uh, both of them very well, uh, by the way. So, um, okay. So listen, Sweetie, I th- I think this is a Missouri team that can play into the second week into the NCAA tournament. I think when we've mm-hmm. seen Missouri at its best, this is a, you know this is a team that can be uh, anywhere from a, I don't know two, three, four, five seed, and and uh, you know two is the high you know the the upside, you know, the highest, uh, the ceiling, and and five sixty could would be the the low point right now, but mm. I, I just I, I I see them with the ability. Just what I've seen as a body of work to to be able to win a couple of games and then get to the se- get to the second weekend, and and you take your chances there. You know you're. You know, you're a Michigan State guy. Your team always seems to get to uh, not only the second, <laughs> well, but the third weekend sometimes. But uh,
1: well, I don't know about this
0: year. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know about it. E- I don't know about it either. But um, uh, but you, you, at least you know what it looks like. Uh, are you with me on this? Is this a team that can get to the second weekend?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you will see Mizzou be at least a favored seed going into the second week, or to get into the second weekend. I think that's a four and above seed. You know, what, Blair, I really, 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 really think Mizzou should do. Obviously, they are going to do, but I think they should do everything in their power to avoid the five twelve line that we know is so divided in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Even the four seed. I mean, there are teams like Grand Canyon or, or some mid major that's going to come out and be really dangerous this year. And it's going to be a little weird because of COVID and everything. It's going to be a little weird because everyone's in the same, you know, uh, same same venue or at least geographical area in indianapolis and and i think i think mizzou fans you know they were looking ahead, like i said to the two seed but i think if mizzou can make a run and this is still very much so in the works obviously especially when you're 13 and four and and how all the quality wins you have i think they they have the opportunity to get up to that three seed area and i think that's when you start maybe feeling a little bit more optimistic obviously you can do that in the four and five seed i just think in such a weird year it's going to be you know I truly do believe it's going to be some random mid-major. It's going to be, you know, Kim Pom, Bartorvik, and and all the stats our our, our friend Jesse Newell likes. They're going to sneak in as like a double-digit seed, and everyone's going to be like, oh, no, of course Mizzou has to face them. So it's just one of those things. But I do think they have the weapons to get absolutely get into another Sweet 16 for Mars, Martin. Obviously, he made one when he was with Tennessee, and, and I think just... It helps, I think, when you can win in a variety of ways, and I think we've seen that with Mizzou, and that's that's kind of the mark, the great mark of a good turning team, right, Blair, is that they can beat you inside with a Jeremiah Tolman, they can run it down your throat, they can occasionally get hot from three, or they can kind of methodically beat you, depending on the game plan, right, because they can run up and down against a team like Arkansas and, and do that better than them, or a team like Ar- Alabama, like. They, uh, Mizzou played better than Bama on the fast break, which is supposed to be Bama's bread and butter. Um, and at the same time, they can kind of slow it down against a team like, a, you know, like I believe like a South Carolina or something like that. So obviously, South Carolina's not a good team, but when you can win in different ways and you can play essentially different styles between halves, like a, like the Kentucky game, like that, that shows me that you have the experience, you have the depth to just be able to do something like that. So I think, I think you feel great as a Mizzou fan. You're going to make the tournament at this point, unless you go on with some insane losing streak, which I don't think is going to happen. It's at the same time, though. you just, you just cross your fingers and hope that you don't have a game like Wednesday where two of your three best players um, just essentially kind of disappear. You know, if, if Pinson, Drew Smith and Jeremiah Tillman played, you know, up to their potential player, I, I truly do believe, you know, Mizzou could make a final four run. but that's a big if, as we've seen, you know, it's, uh, it's, College basketball is a fickle thing, and uh, you you never know what happens on March. With just kind of the beauty of
0: it, yeah. Listen, just play up to their scoring average. That's um, mm-hmm. th- that could do it. And I also, uh, you know, not not to mention the, the experience of this team and the the, the age. It's uh, I, as as we said, Missouri was built for this season um, because mm-hmm. of its experience and age. And I I think that'll serve them well also when we get to the NCAA tournament. So. I'm asking you these sort of overreaching questions, Suichi, because <laughs> this will be the last time that we talk to you as a um, as a Missouri beat writer for the Kansas City Star. So tell us um, tell us where you're going, and then let's chat a little bit, just for a few minutes, about uh, your experiences covering the Tigers for the Star.
1: Yeah, uh, so Saturday's my last game, the Missouri versus Arkansas game rally for Ryan. Kind of a cool way to go out. Um, sure, it it is, yeah. Boston. Yeah, uh I won't disclose where exactly, but I will be in Boston. Um I will be two miles away when Mizzou football plays Boston College this <laughs> fall in, in, in football, uh just because my apartment is two miles away from the uh Boston College Stadium. Um former I was we were talking about a offhand, but former Mizzou B writer Alec Schiffer, who is now on the East Coast, would like to go to that game with me. So we'll see uh we'll see if the stars online. <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll, it'll be it kinda happens suddenly, but uh, you know, I'm sad I can't be on Sports BK Sports Beat KC anymore. But uh I'm hoping I can make a guest appearance on the line when uh something Mizzou
0: happens or something KC happens. Uh, and it has to do with Boston. It's been known to happen. We've had uh, we've had former star reporters on Sports Beat KC. So well, you're gonna be missed, sweetie. I enjoyed working with you and even in this crazy COVID times. We didn't get to, <laughs> I didn't get to Columbia as much as I wanted. You didn't get to Kansas city as much as you wanted, but, oh, yeah. um, uh, but you know, we did have this, right. We, we were able to mm-hmm. chat weekly and, uh, almost weekly during, uh, you know, during the football and basketball seasons. And I, and I've really enjoyed that and, and getting to know you and, uh, you did an outstanding job covering Mizzou and, uh, you'll be missed. Yeah, it was crazy. Just, um, I keep telling all my friends, it's, you
1: know, more than half my time at the start has obviously been during the pandemic. But even when it wasn't during the pandemic, blur, I just felt like there was something going on in, on the Mizzou beat. Uh, this feels like an eternity ago. But when I showed up, the biggest news story was the NCAA infraction stuff and, and the right. appeal and all that stuff. And that kind of hung its head over everyone. And then I remember the craziest, one of the craziest weeks of my life that dr- news dropped on that Monday and then Mizzou was playing in the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City. And that was crazy. And then um, Mizzou went down to Arkansas to play uh, the Hogs down in, the, in Little Rock on a Friday, on Black Friday. And then by that Saturday, Barry Odom was fired. And then here I am with 22 year old me a month into the job and I'm on a coaching search. And then, <laughs> um, you know, then I, then it was basketball season then the pandemic hit. So it was just,
2: it was a lot.
1: Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I think Mizzou fans, you know, I feel there are only a few fan bases, Blair, and I, keep, and I tell people this all the time. There are only a few fan bases where, you know, they'll complain about being cursed and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Vikings fans, for some reason, come to mind because I did an internship in Minnesota and Vikings fans will complain. And I'm like, you guys don't really have it that bad, especially after the Minneapolis Miracle my long-winded right. tangent of that is, uh, is to say I think I truly do believe something's up with Mizzou in the sense of the bad fortune and the weird timing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't know if that's what Mizzou fans want to hear that uh, your suffering is justified. <laughs> but uh, whenever I hear, you know, my good friends from, and I have many good friends from Mizzou along, just because of, I'm in journalism. Uh, whenever they complain, I always kind of pat them on the back and say, you know what, I I understand what you're talking about, but I'll. I'll um, obviously extending time on the beat between Conzo's team and, and Eli Drinkwitz and all that. I'll I'll be following along from afar. Maybe go to a game this fall. Um, but yeah, I mean I really enjoyed it. Uh, picking your brain, Blair, picking Vihe's brain, picking Herbie's brain. I love Herbie. Um, he's always <laughs> I will <won't> forever <laughs> be a great American because I got that blessing from Herbie. <laughs> 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 yes,
0: yes you will. <laughs> All right, Soichi, um safe travels and and best of luck and everything. Thanks, Blair. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer, and as always, thanks for listening. Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell are with us uh, talking KU basketball. How are you guys doing today? Good, thanks. Good. Um so we're in this odd place, right? It's Friday. It's the only day of the of the three that Kansas isn't playing Iowa State <laughs> <laughs> um, Jayhawks pounded the cyclones uh last night at Allen Fieldhouse and and are uh, about about the time we're recording this, they're gathering um over in Lawrence to jump on a bus to head up to to Ames to uh to play Saturday at Hilt Coliseum. So not only are they playing twice in three days. I noticed, and I didn't know this until this morning, the game on Saturdays in the afternoon. So they're going to, they're going from Thursday night to a Saturday afternoon situation. Um, How Jesse, how, how rare is something like this? How unusual is it to, to, to play a team twice in you a matter of days?
2: Well, yeah, in college basketball, it's really rare, rare, uh, especially for big 12 teams. I know some of the conferences, Ivy leagues have been doing this for a while now, but uh you don't see it very often. You know, the game notes for Kansas said that it's happened twice in the Bill Self era, both of those when KU's played a team in the season's finale and then played him in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Even then, you get a little bit of a break in between uh, but what's so funny to me is that it is it is crazy rare in college basketball, and Bill Self's taking a lot of questions about it and how you handle this and how you do all these sorts of things. And yeah, in the NBA, which is one level up, the very same sport. I mean, that's the entire postseason. You know, you you play a team five times in a row, or seven times in a row, or four times in a row, and and that's how uh, they determine a champion every single year. So it, it is kind of funny for uh, a guy like Bill Self. He keeps getting asked these questions about how do you deal with you know playing back to back games against a certain team and. Kind of in the back of my mind, I think. Well, he needs to figure it out if he ever wants to coach in the NBA, because uh, that's going to be something uh, that he'd have to face uh, if he made the playoffs every single year.
0: Exactly. It's not the same thing, of course, but it reminds me a little bit of the way the old pac Eight and, and pac Ten used to handle their basketball scheduling, where you know UCLA or USC would go up to the Washington schools and 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 play. You know, Washington, Washington State, just trade off and always be on a Thursday, Saturday. Um, it's not the same opponent, but it's kind of the same concept. I always thought that was smart. It was, uh, you know, save on travel money and that, that sort of thing. So anyway, I don't, I don't think we're seeing a uh, – we'll see this as the wave of the future, but it's just uh, meeting the, the, the conditions that are presented to teams and colleges this year because of, uh, because of COVID-19 and the, and the pandemic. But like I said, they, the, the first one of the series is in the books, and Gary, uh, Kansas played really well and uh, let, let's just chat about the the big win i don't have the score 97 to 64 maybe or 94 67 something like that and um one of the more decisive victories of the year for for KU and it marked the return of of Bryce Thompson and that's a that's a good thing for the Jayhawks
3: yeah ku beat them by 33 points uh, the big stat i would guess would might be threes ku made 12 out of 26 iowa state only made 5 out of 25 So if you're Bill Self and worried about the rematch, you flip those stats and on Saturday it could be a different game maybe. Bryce Thompson had eight points, six the first half. He looked really good. Um, He he just looked like he belonged. He looked so good that Self kind of went to a seven-man rotation and said after the game he He feels pretty comfortable maybe in the future going with seven. So that would mean only two subs in Lightfoot and Bryce uh, with Harris winding up playing about, uh, I think he played nine minutes last night, but most of it was at the end after the blowout had happened. So I'm sure they're happy to get Bryce Thompson back. He can play a little point guard. And uh, give Garrett a rest, and he's got a nice little uh, mid-range game, which he lost for a while before he got hurt, I guess. But all in all, uh, Self had to be happy because the offense looked a lot more fluid and the defense was fine.
0: And it's easy for the offense to look fluid against an Iowa State team that hasn't been good defensively this year, not not a good uh, defensive team or rebounding team for that matter. But, um, Jesse, uh, it's funny. So I'm watching the game, and it was the last, I don't know, probably five minutes of the first half, and Iowa State was coming down and jacking threes, and KU wasn't taking much time on its possessions. And I was thinking to myself, God, this is an NBA game. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then i accessed my KansasCity.com uh, account um uh, late last night and that is exactly what you wrote and and but you meant it for the entire game i just thought for, for about three or four minutes stretch there but same thing right i mean there was it, it was basically volume shooting for both teams
2: yeah it was uh, very few turnovers and for kansas it's kind of been this stretch of two games two two games. And then this game against Iowa state where they look completely different offensively based off whether they turn the ball over or not. Uh, Tennessee and Kansas state. Okay. You had seven turnovers in one, six turnovers in another. And I know the Tennessee game got away from them, but as Gary mentioned, you know, the three point shooting kind of got away from Kansas in that game where they attempted a bunch of threes and didn't make many while Tennessee just basically hit everything that they looked at. And then the next two games is West Virginia and Oklahoma state where they complete opposite. Okay. was turning it over all over the place. And for this particular Kansas team, um, I think you kind of look at this like a scale. You know what I mean? Um, with certain coaches, you think like Lon Kruger, they want to get shot volume up. They don't care as much about shot selection, but they are gonna have efficient offense because they're just gonna get an attempt every single time they go down the that the end of the floor. And and that's a good can be a good way to play. For Bill Self, the trade-off has always been his teams have turned it over a little bit. But that's because they get easy baskets. They throw it to their big men. They get post-seals. And okay, if if you get two easy baskets for every turnover... Your offense is really good. You know what I mean? So you can kind of sacrifice that. The difference with this year's team is KU doesn't have Yudoke Azubuki and they don't have good passers on the perimeter that can even throw guys open uh, very often. And we've seen that throughout the course of the year. So for Bill Self, I think it's kind of a fascinating equation because I think for this Kansas team, if you're not going to get the easy baskets, you shouldn't try hard for the easy baskets. You shouldn't force yourself into bad situations that gets you into turnovers it would be better to play like Oklahoma. It would be better to just go down and be like, okay, David, if you get a good shot, take it. Ochai, if you get a good shot, take it. Hey, Christian Brown, you're a good three-point shooter. If it's semi-guarded, take it. You got a chance at making points, and then you have a chance at the offensive rebound as well. he has been a good offensive rebounding team. So I think this KU team might need to flip a little bit a way that Bill Self normally plays, because obviously playing the easy baskets when you have Yudoka, Azabuki, and Devon Dotson is a great way to play, and you can sacrifice some turnovers for those. This year's team, I just don't know that it's worth it because they're not getting those easy baskets anyway. You might as well fire them up and give yourself a chance.
0: Yeah, even if it's coming early in the shot clock too. Um, even after, you know, we, w- one of the hallmarks of Kansas is they, you know, w- why why take that shot, you know, 10 seconds into the shot clock if it's available or something better a little bit later in the clock. So, but Gary, um, you know, Jesse makes the point about, uh, you know, no doke, but David McCormick has... You know, good things have been happening uh, with David McCormick here lately. He's he's you know he's um, he's scoring. He's he's getting a few rebounds. Um, I, I think if maybe the closest thing to an All Conference candidate KU has. How do you think he's been playing?
3: Pretty well. Uh, last night he he had foul trouble early, so uh, and he, his stats weren't weren't looking too good. So self said he wanted to keep him in. Even though there was a blowout to make sure his confidence was high going into the rematch Saturday, but uh, he had 12 and six in 18 minutes. They'll take that when the other uh, the other starters all had good games. But he's had really good numbers lately, and I was thinking about that too the other day. That I wonder if he's going to get all league. You know, if he'll be the guy, but. It'll probably be Ochai, but who knows? Uh, but I think uh, Bill has said that he's he's pretty happy with his play of late.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So let's let's think in terms of uh, in in previous years. Certainly last year, and almost every year before that, it, because Kansas was at the top or or bearing down on on number one in the Big Twelve. We were we you know you play the seed projection game what uh you know a one or two where would they be they're not going to be on the one or two unless something crazy happens here in the last uh, few weeks of the regular season and in the conference tournament so what's the what's the ncaa tournament seed speculation for for ku right now anybody has anybody looked at it pretty closely
2: well i know our pete gradoff wrote about it earlier this week where there was one mock bracket that had Uh, from CBS Sports and Jerry Palm that had KU as a seven seed and Missouri as the two seed in their region. So uh, you want to talk about potentially fun things happening, that would be a potential fun thing happening in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Yeah, this is the discussion you have, Blair. It's it's, so, you know, I always get in this with my AP poll vote, but it's (laughs) best team or most deserving team. So for Kansas... Uh, and Missouri, it's kind of the different ends of the spectrum a little bit because Missouri has a great resume, but the underlying numbers don't really love them. Whereas Kansas, uh, Kansas has a good resume. Um, they're sort of in the same boat as Missouri, I guess. The advanced numbers like them more than they like Missouri, but um, not much more so. So those teams are kind of on even playing ground. I would guess right now if they played on a neutral court, it would be about a one or two point favorite. But Uh, You can kind of approximate this with some of the resume measures out there. Wins Above Bubble is, is one of the best ones to look at. And right now, KU is 18th in that one. So you project them about a five seed if you're looking at that particular resume measure. Like I said, CBS Sports earlier this week before you had a couple victories, uh, had them as a seven seed. So yeah, somewhere around the five, six, seven range for Kansas right now. Ability to play their way up, obviously with the tough last three games they have in the regular season. Uh, but as of right now, they still have some really good wins. You know, they still have wins over Creighton at Texas Tech. The Oklahoma State win is going to continue to look good home against Oklahoma. So, uh, there are still some positive things with KU. They're not even close to the bubble. I, I had mentioned, somebody talked to me about that last week. I was like, don't even start that talk. That's not even a conversation uh, with Kansas. Uh, that th- that's not, that's not where they are. They are safely into the tournament, but they are a seed that they're not used to being. And so, uh, that's kind of the reality of the situation for Kansas right now. They're jockeying in somewhere, uh, that mid range where you're looking at potentially playing a number one seed quicker than you would like to.
0: Okay, we'll get into that topic in a bigger way over the next couple of weeks. But I kind of like the idea of a uh, David McCormick, Jeremiah Tillman uh, matchup in the NCAA tournament. So, um, okay, hey, uh, Jesse and Gary, thanks for uh, spending some time with us. And we will talk again next week. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welch, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Suichi Torada, Jesse Newell, and Gary Bedore for stopping by and talking college basketball. And best of luck to Suichi as he begins a new chapter in his professional career. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at 5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com/sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com/sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product: sports news, features, commentary, and analysis. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at accounts.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, you send me an email bkirkoff at kcstar.com, I'll get you the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode.